Welcome to the Gossip Stone podcast, where we will be talking about uh, the OTR randomizer and its community, and also focusing on the racing and the competitive scene, and talk about various topics that will help the community as a whole. To start off, my name is Riley. I'm Emo Soda. And I'm Yoshikion. And today, we're going to be talking about our favorite little mascot, the Gossip Stone. We are going to be talking about hints today. A uh, bit of background on the different distributions, the different hints that can show up, the strengths of the different types of hints, and potentially a little bit about what could be changed in the future. And a special shout out to Shadowfix behind the scenes for all the tech editing, sound checks, and everything that he does for us. Uh, we really appreciate it. We wouldn't be here without him. And to start off the rando recap, for this episode, uh, the both weeklies of this past weekend, uh, well, they were pretty cool. Were, uh, I don't know. Cool. <laughs> well, there were both skull seeds to start off, but we'll start. We'll start with the NA weekly, where it was a thirty skull seed for letter with a I think it was a no, medallion Jabu as well. So you got that hint really pretty early, I want to say. So before I think you even saw what medallions were. So okay, that's not too bad. 30 is like middle ground. You don't really have to rush them, but this is a different case than usual because you actually kind of had to rush 30 because everything was behind it. We had a Ice Cavern Way the Hero and the first logical hookshot wasn't... No, not even logical. Like You had to get that hookshot from there, which basically unlocked yeah. the rest of the seed. So basically after you got 30, you basically finished. Like The seed was very straightforward. Otherwise, you got a lot of Series Hero items that were kind of bit irrelevant except like basically hook unlocked everything and then you got also requiem and ice which then you went to spirit and got your go mode item in there so but otherwise it was a fairly fast 30 skull seed first place got a 240 23 being Kazo. so yeah that's all pretty much i have to say about the any weekly the uh the the first boomerang or i guess the boomerang there uh it was pretty acceptable before doing Getting letter, right? He had boomerang for the thirty skull hunt. Uh, boomerang was in the well, I think. Yes, yeah, boomerang was in the well. <clears throat> so if you did bottom of the well fairly early, you had rang to collect those. Yeah, it's not too bad. Um, the EU weekly this week. <laughs> the, it's another case of the hook shots being in kind of a funny spot. Uh. Well, both of them. The the hook shot and the long shot were both in child side spirit in the child climb room. Uh, I believe it was Requiem and it was, it was either three song or one of the first few songs that you get in the seed uh, that kind of led to there. Um, but yeah, yeah, you get two two keys in the first two chests in child spirit, and you, if you just go up a little bit more than that, uh, you'll find both the hook shot and long shot there. Not only that, the adult right side chest also had boomerang, and then if you go a little bit further than that. Assuming you did Child Spirit before you go adult, um, you, the beer push block room had the first logical bomb bag. So, uh, yeah, it was a very, very stacked spirit temple. But not only that, it wasn't Way of the Hero either because <laughs> of just the, the item placement specifically. Um, 
Bomb of the Wild also had the only Strength 2 that you could get with because Strength 3 was locked by uh, Strength 2 and Adult Spirit. Not surprised. Uh, yeah, it's it's a really like classic location for the Strength 3, right? It's uh, A lot of the time, you'll, you'll just find an Adult Spirit and kind of roll your eyes at it because why couldn't it have been in like the overworld or something, right? Instead of having to get the uh, the Strength 2 the seed wants you to get. Um Another thing to note here is that the letter was on 40 skulls, so it was another case of, or was it Dens? Dens was on 40, that letter. Oh, gotcha. Well, it was still a skull seed, 40 skulls here. Um, the fact that Zelda's Lullaby and Song of Storms both were vanilla really didn't help out a lot of runners um, because you had to go to that bomb the well for that strength too. So it was a lot of running around. You saw a lot of long child one segments, so... Uh, the likelihood that you go back to bomb the well later on in the run is pretty low. So a lot of people got tri tripped up by that. But other than that, it wasn't too bad. And the uh, the first place finisher here was X High uh, with a 237.37. And is about six minutes ahead of anyone else that finished near him. Yeah, for, I think it was... for somebody that's, I think, a bit less known in the community as well, like th their names have not been tossed around as much. Yeah, I looked a little bit at their past results here, and there wasn't anything too impressive, but there wasn't anything like too terrible either. Um, it could have just been the the right seed for him, and sometimes you can kind of just get there, depending on how it's structured. Definitely a player to watch out for, like the steady climb up, <laughs> those reaching. Yeah, people to watch out for in season four. <laughs> yep, there's a there's a bunch of them. So for now, though. Go on to the season three matches. We'll stay with those. The first one of those was uh, what the hell's happened versus Glitchymon. So this is the fourth seed versus the thirteenth winners bracket round two. This was a wild race to follow. Um, it it started off Glitchy did three song versus what the hell's doing early adult. The warp songs that were available through three song made that seem a little bit better. You got Bolero in your three song that gave you Nocturne, so you could just jump around that a little bit more easily um glitchy left goron city after failing to stop the rolling goron with strength and the hammer was in the boulder maze so for the longest time glitchy didn't have that and then what the hells went to Childside spirit and got the iron boots while glitchy had items from away of the hero gtg turned out glitchy caught up on the missing items before what the hells and they ended up getting the letter in Deep Fire, at which point they both had very little to do. Glitchy was about half a dungeon ahead by that stage, I'd say. So they both take their letter, they go and clear uh, Jabu, get nothing. They both go and clear Ice, Ice Cavern, get nothing except for Minuet that puts Forest into logic. And the Forest held, forest held nothing except for Fire Arrows. The mirror shield was on the wasteland. They both did twin stone spirit and got the long shot on twin rover. So they went and did their all dungeons to get Saria's song and still got nothing. They both did chickens, but after beating water, Glitchy went to shoot the sun and wasn't stood on the platform and just like thought he'd missed time of day or something and just warped away. What the hell's got it? It was nothing. But then when they went back to go and get the one remaining item in water, which was their last check in the game, which was Din's Fire, Glitchy waited time of day on Shoot the Sun first. 
And as a result, what the hells basically took the lead from there. And that was it. It ended ridiculously close. I think Glitchy was had just beaten the Iron Knuckles when in Ganon's Castle when what the hell's finished. Mm-hmm. So about two and a half minutes. Yeah. And it was a 3.17 for one of the top, or two of the top runners in this tournament. So, wild seed. There was just a ton of points in the seed, too, where uh, what the hell's was ahead of Glitchy by, like, a couple minutes, and the Glitchy was ahead of a... What, what the hell's by a couple minutes and it just kept kind of going back and forth and you were like oh no what the hell's he just lost uh, yeah as soon as the letter was found in defire like this is looking really good for glitchy but then it's just kind of oh dins is probably in the worst trick possible which it was so i was just gonna say there were two kind of big slip-ups on glitchy's side because they both did the same things but glitchy like i say had to wait time of day for shoot the sun and also at one point saved outside Ganon's castle for time of day and then went and checked the tech site grotto and went to do Dampe digging after that and obviously the time of day had gone because walking to the tech site grotto is too much but instead of resetting to get the time of day back from outside Ganon's castle he just rooted around it again did some other st- slow stuff like picked up seven skulls or something and then went back to Dampe afterwards yeah no- another reason why glitchy uh, missed the sun on shoot the sun uh the, the hitbox for that actually scales with where you're standing so the closer you are the higher the hitbox is and the the, the farther back that you stand the, the the lower it actually is so if you always aim in the same spot and you're standing in the the wrong spot on the ground uh you'll just miss it every time so it was a little bit of that kind of uh, mm-hmm. affecting him there not to knock on glitchy but it's, it's things you should know since you do grab the fire rose in the 100 percent category of the run glitchy being the world record holder currently at the time of recording <laughs> yeah and you, you could have just also reset the game for time of day and then just play serenade and wait half the time and he could have even won based on that mm-hmm. but as it is what the hells goes forward to face off against engineer in the next round uh, while Glitchy will drop down to face Phoenix Feather. Yep. Both going to be great matches, and uh, everybody should be looking forward to watch them. <laughs> but moving on, the next match, Nephi's Toss versus the Salty Sponge. Uh, this was another kind of weird one where you almost had to do a really, really long child segment to start because you get literally... like. The first few hints you get is like, oh, 50 skulls hookshot. Oh, bow on skull mask. Like, it was it was very, very odd that you kind of had to route. And then luckily for them, though, they had Prelude and Nocturne from Three Song, I want to say. So they were kind of able to get that bow fairly quickly. But bow is a weird one because there's two more out there. So, do you do it? Do you not? Before you go adult? Um, so, yeah. Uh, Neff ended up doing a one song, I think, into early adult, or two. And the hint for 50 Skulls was in adult, in the background on CAC. So, he knew that 10 minutes in, which was kind of good, but at the same time, when you basically have nothing to collect Skulls, it's not that big of a deal breaker. He knew water was a medallion, so... It's not that terrible. And then after Sponge, uh, the Salty Sponge got to the first bow in on Skull Mask before and went adult with the bow. 
And our first hookshot was on Adult Shooting Gallery, which was pretty insane because their child was very, very barren. They didn't get much items. I think they got maybe a scale or something. Uh, it was not very, like, big. And then it was they got also hinted that Biggeron had a strength upgrade, which was... It's not something you very see often. Biggeron is more so dead or not than it is. So... And then uh, they had Song of Storms on Ocarina of Time, which is always scary as well. So it was basically a very hint-heavy seed. <laughs> wink, wink. Um, with a, They also had a river and waterway, the hero. And so you're like, okay, is the long shot needed really fast? Do you rush the skulls to get the long shot for the waterway, the hero? But mm, it was just a mirror shield and river chest. So it was not that big of a deal. Otherwise, the seed was kind of straightforward. There's not much more to discuss about, like... Basically, you had to get the hints. Claim check was in Deku, so the bigger one was not too, too annoying to get. And Storms was basically ungettable with how the way the heroes, like the their last items were. So it was not really a difficult seed. But uh, yeah, Nephistos ended up winning with a 304, 53, the 307. Nothing official yet. There's some controversy on it, but... Otherwise, I think that's it, I want to say. so. Yeah, another close match here. Uh, about two and a half minutes separating the two runners here, which is about the margin that Glitchy and What the Hells had in their match, too. So uh, the fact that one was right after the other one, too, is, is pretty, it was a hype two days or three days, you know, uh, that the two matches happened in. So the next match there was uh, Roska Tyrant, 15th seed versus Killer App, the 31st. Another winner's bracket round two. Apparently we're getting all of those out of the way now. Uh, they... So, the seed played out fairly linearly. Linearly? It was fairly linear to start off with. The biggest thing was that they had Colossus Way of the Hero, and they didn't have explosives at this point, but they could see the arch was nothing, and they picked up Saria's song. Now, Roska followed that, and Killer App didn't. Saria's song led to a bow on Darunia, at, a, at which Roska picked up at about the one hour mark, which led to the first, and it turned out to be, only logical bomb bag in Forest. Killer App, on the other hand, did bottom of the well without bombs, and then dipped into water later on instead, before finally going to get that bow at about 25 to 30 minutes later. By that point, Roska's picked up the long shot in Death Mountain Crater, has finished Forest, and has just about finished Water. Um, so, there was just a hell of a lead from Roska really pushing that Colossus Way of the Hero. It did turn out, by the way, the Colossus Fairy was also Way of the Hero. It had the Hover Boots, and uh, they were logically needed for Fire. They weren't needed for Shadow, but they did both go in and do Stone Shadow and pick up Strength 2 from the end of the maze. Strength 3, it turned out, was in Zora's Domain, but neither of them even touched it. They just never went anywhere near that. Yeah, Torch Run in Zora's Domain, tripping people up again, but it didn't matter in this one because they both did it. That's how it works in a 1v1. If, it's not a mistake if you both make it. It's fine. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't yeah. cost you anything. I mean, Domain's so out of the way, like, you could use the same argument that a lot of people use for not going to Valley, for instance, or not going Lake. Uh, they're, they're just kind of extreme areas around the map that if you don't go there and you kind of focus on the, the inner circle of Hyrule, then you could save a lot of time doing that. It's actually funny. The 
bottom of the well, the explosive locked checks, one of them had a key, and the other one had Ruto's letter. And so if they'd gone into bottom of the well with bombs, like, yes, they might have been baited towards Ice Cavern or whatever. Like, Jabu was barren, Zora Fountain was barren. Maybe they just get dragged towards Zora's domain and pick up their strength. As it was, Roska skipped bottom of the well entirely. He always just had better options available after he picked up that bomb bag from the Forest Temple. And, like I say, because they both ended up going through all of Shadow, Roska came out with the win. Um... I think Killer App hit go mode pretty much as Roska finished. Which was a hammer in the center of GTG. That's so pretty high. Yeah, Roska moving on to face Cariosa in the next round. 15th versus 26th seeds. It's going to be an interesting one. It's not the two people you probably expected to reach that re- re- that section of winner's bracket round three, but it's definitely both of them, and it's going to be a... Probably a good one as well. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody's so good in this tournament. It's really hard to say who's going to win, so... Yeah, Yeah, and on that front, uh, Killer App will drop down to face Duke in Lewis's bracket. <laughs> <laughs> he beat him last year. One giant yep. down already. Yep. Killer App's already taken down one. <laughs> That's true. He's a, he's the real killer, man. He's, he's out on a mission. He kills the giants. That's his whole shtick. Yeah. But speaking of Giants... <laughs> yeah, all of these matches that we're talking about this week have all been winner's bracket round two matches. So the next one we have here is the the one seed, Marco, versus the 17th seed, Mr. Martin. Um, well, to start off with, we knew that it was a 30-skull seed for Hammer. Uh, Marco waited 50 seconds before starting... Just kind of did nothing, <laughs> as as Mr. Martin was uh, carrying on. It was it was pretty cool to watch uh, on the replay, but uh, they both did Deku Tree first. They then from there they kind of split. Um, they both went to market. Uh, Marco did the three song route. Martin did the just picking up vanilla ZL. And because I think it was Yell, uh, you went to early adult and kind of try to capitalize on it a little bit more. Uh, you could do a few things like get the graveyard song, when you go to graveyard uh, after Kakariko, etc. So I don't think it was a bad play, but uh, Marco did a very safe three song, picked up Zeal, Bolero, Song of Time. Uh, song of Storms was also vanilla of note, but they both converged on Child Cack. Uh, Martin was there in the daytime and Marco was there in the nighttime. And that kind of matters for this seed because there's a 30 skull seed for Hammer. So uh, you got to pick up those six, you know, so five or six skulls there. And then they both went bomb the well. Martin was missing the Lombon bow, but found one in DC after bomb the well. So the bomb of the well here had bomb bag strength two. It was on the, the graveyard ledge. So... If you found a ring and bow and child one, then you could easily get that right after bomb the well. Um, hook shot, long shot. <laughs> Those are all in bomb the well here. Uh, Martin did skip the pits chest though. So he skipped Lon Lon. He skipped the pits chest. He accidentally and, skipped it. You should mention because oh, he was it accidental. Got, yeah. He got bombs in bottom of the well. The first logical bomb back was in there. And then mm. it was in the front bombable one, and he completely forgot about it when he made the loop because he's Ooh. so used to getting it when you yeah. enter. That's a tough mistake to make. Um, I, I don't think that would have 
really mattered in the long run. But he didn't need it. He logically needed it, but he didn't because you need long shots across the wasteland. But you could just beat fire out of logic without a hovers and get requiem that way, which was right good for him. <laughs> And, and so while Martin was in Dodongo's cavern after going to bomb the well here, uh, Marco went to do Skull Mask and got a Dens there, then did a Shadow Dip after doing Dodongo's cavern while Martin was doing Child Checks, and then he went into Spirit after the Shadow Dip, found Hovers, went immediately back to Shadow, proceeded to go with Fire after picking up the Hammer, and then ended up with Spirit as a last progression dungeon. And now... He also picked up Letter from Big Pose. I think it was a hinted Market Way the Hero. Because we also saw Mar um, Martin do the Lens game. Um, and then after they picked up the Letter, they just they just went immediately to Jabu. I, I think that was also hinted Way the Hero. Uh, I know they didn't pick up the Dorfint, but uh, Light Arrows were on Baronade, of all places, in Jabu. And then Marco finishes afterwards and... There's no scale available, so Martin couldn't really catch up with like a serenade and scale play into there. Even then, um, he was still a whole dungeon behind at the time. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just the efficiency of Marco's route here for the gold skull routing is just, it was gross. I mean, Marco the, the fact that, yeah. yeah, unbeatable, yeah, sure. But I, I think the, the real thing that separated both of them was just the, they were in child cac at different times and, it turns out being there at night's way better in a skull seed than daytime. So and I, I don't think Sunsong was available either. So it wasn't really a whole lot Martin could have done about this. Um, could have gone three song, I suppose, as a more conservative play option. But Marco took this one pretty handily. It was a finish time of two hours, 13 minutes and 36 seconds. It's worth noting as well now, Marco, both of Marco's matches so far have been effectively skull seeds and he has just you it's really gone to show just how efficient his routing is with picking up the gold skulls in both of them because they you would not have guessed they were skull seeds seeing those finishing times but he just blends it all so seamlessly into everything else yeah it's like a second job or something <laughs> Is it is my memory failing me, or is that actually twenty skulls and not thirty skulls? It was twenty, yeah. For, okay, and it was it was hinted too. Mm, don't think it was. Okay, that's a that's a rough one then. <laughs> yeah. Marco moving forward to face off against Machilla in the next round. Which yeah, that's if you follow me, you know that this is like a weird match. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Very uh, contentious, I would say. First versus ninth seed. Um, should be an interesting one. Yeah. And meanwhile, Martin is waiting on your next match, Riley. Yeah, me against Sully. Which, I think that does it for Season 3. Yeah, that's all of our Season 3 stuff. So, moving forwards to some... So, we've we've spoken about hints in a lot of the previous episodes... Everyone who's listened to the other episodes, firstly, if you haven't, you probably should, but after this one. Do it after this one. For now, uh, the hint stuff we've spoken about has been in terms of, you know, opening routes and, like, how much information you can pull with different settings and whatever. We haven't really spoken about hints as a whole, 
and there's a lot to go into. So I think the first thing is how much hints add or take away from a seed. How much do they shape kind of the direction of the playing OTR? Now, I roughly know where you guys stand on this, but it's probably a good idea to just recap things. I'm a big... I, I push hints very aggressively. I think the hints are so powerful compared to how they have been in the past. Whereas I basically just get them if I think I need them. Like, oh, I have three weighty heroes already. Why would I go push hints? I already have a lot of progression or a lot of direction with the seed. I don't need more for now. If I need them, I'll go get them later. As simple as that. So for me, I, I think I might have a slightly different approach, but I try to make sure that I have every single hint uh, available to me by the hour mark in every seed. And if I do that, then I know I'm in a pretty good spot as far as like knowledge-wise. And I think my routing is probably pretty informed by that as well. Uh, if, you, if you can get all of the hints within an hour, that means that you've done very specific things. You've gone to areas that are high density and, and for the most part. That probably means that you've done a lot of the child segment. So uh, kind of the on the, uh, the the topic of opening routes, kind of how we built upon that in the last few episodes, actually, I, I think it really can inform your opener. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's definitely some hints that are better and worse than others and some locations that are better and worse than others. Like Gerudo Valley has become contentious because... Yes, it offers you a lot of hints if you go around the back of the lake, but not much else. And I, I kind of think that the interesting thing there is seeing how much people value those hints. And I think the people who are still doing the Gerudo Valley plays either just haven't reconsidered what they're used to, or are doing it because they value those hints. There's a whole range of different hint distributions as well. We haven't even touched on that. We're, so we're mostly talking tournament uh We'll go into a bit more on that in a bit, but there's useless, which is just, they're all junk hints. They don't tell you anything, basically no hints. Then it goes balanced, strong, very strong. And then there's tournament, which funnily enough is actually weaker than any of balanced, strong or very strong, but it's designed for a tournament racing kind of uh, gameplay. It's very structured and kind of hitting upon the, the, the points that I was hitting on. Um, you can make sure that you have every hint by not actually getting every hint stone because there's lots of duplicates and you kind of get that in the other hint distributions as well, but not as structured. Or at least it doesn't feel as structured to me <laughs> playing through them. So before we get into that, the first thing is, the other thing as well is to touch on um, the methods for reading the hints. And I think this is something that community opinion very much swayed on. This is one of those things where as people got used to something new, they went, oh god, this is so much better. Because it used to be that you needed the Stone of Agony to read hints. And so many races were decided by who found Stone of Agony first and realised that it was actually a 40 or 50 skull seed a lot yeah a lot earlier than others and it's just swung everything for no reason so i forget was it ever way of the hero stone of agony or not it was just kind of an item you find right no it could be way of the hero 
Yeah, oh. if um, I th- I'm pretty sure it could anyway. I know that logically speaking, the Stone of Agony has to be available before it allows things like the always hence the thirty forty fifty to uh, be your run, next progression. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. There is also obviously there's an option for Mask of Truth to read hints, the vanilla method. Mask of Truth is already bad enough for most like racing environments and to be honest most environments on the whole mask of truth just asks you to do a lot of stuff for very little gain so requiring that for hints was just kind of the worst of both worlds yeah if you want to force all dungeons in your playgroup by all means turn that on (laughs) even then yeah it's fine if you got a bit of chaos in your seeds but if you're just doing like the standard settings oh god no, no, thank you. So talking of a bit of chaos, that's the other big thing with hints, is that you get cryptic hints versus clear hints. And I think there's a common misconception with this that cryptic makes it more difficult or more interesting. It, I don't see it that way. No, me neither. It's pretty much, if you know what the cryptic hint means, it reads like a normal hint. And if you don't, then you're at a disadvantage. And some of them are... So I I don't know if either of you two... I'm going to say this now. I don't know if either of you two looked up any of this stuff. So do you know what mystic training is? They say that mystic training can be found at Gerudo Fortress. Is that magic? Strength. That is a a magic meter. (laughs) Ooh. Um, They say that gambling grants couch cash... Um, five bucks <laughs> oh no. is that lens game has wallet or something lens game has 20 couch cash is specifically 20 rupees oh what? I'm, I'm good at deep, this <laughs> deep under the lake beyond the currents hides a white outline uh that's in water temple there's something that's white uh, oh oh <laughs> This is River Chest has uh, a key? It is River Chest. It's not a key. White outline? This is, so this is my point. This is how bad some of the cryptic hints are. Do you want to know what the white outline is? It's obvious once you hear it. Is it like Dinswai or something? <laughs> Double defense. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, um, <laughs> none of those are good. Like, there's some of the some of the hints are like, some of them like people complained at first with like the high in the mountain being fire temple and not death mountain crater, but those are taken from like the pedestal or when Sheik talks about uh, the different temples and stuff. It's taken from those. Those kind of make sense if you know the game law, but. Couch cash is twenty rupees. I would have, I would never have thought of that as twenty. So it's kind of a callback to how hints used to be, right? Under season season one, season two kind of uh, settings. I I think the hints used to read like this. You know, uh, this location has danger darts, and you know that kind of. I nonsense. think they were cryptic. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, I guess that's why I, I kind of like sort of understand this. It's it's calling back to my roots. <laughs> That's the thing. It's I think it's fine if you know them, but mm-hmm. it's it's just yet another thing where you have to know ahead of time. It's nothing to do with how well you know the game. It's nothing to do with how well you know 
the background of the game so much. It's just, have you read through the randomizer notes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's mostly the reason why they were changed from this too. Um, just, you know, if, if English isn't your first language either, like... <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of those are going to be terrible. <laughs> and then even if you do have no English, like, okay uh deep under the lake okay that makes sense beyond the currents uh well there's water everywhere in that dungeon so i don't know uh hides a white outline you know that could be anything or like you know the house of the dead has danger darts like what does that even mean well yeah it's basically just to say that cryptic hints are bad and you shouldn't use them unless (laughs) you really want some awful things it's more if you're gonna use cryptic hints don't do it in a race do it in your own like in a, in your own seed i think it's fine but in a race it just creates a really unfair advantage in my opinion to people who know the cryptic hints and i say this as somebody who knows most of the cryptic hints they're still just unfun to play on because it's just it it creates a win for when you don't feel like you've earned your win mm-hmm. like you can mean you could see the shadow hint and then you think it's bottom of the well like that that was a pretty common problem among racers at the time makes sense yeah all right so the hint distributions we've spoken about the different hint settings we touched on the hint distributions earlier so i went digging around in the files a bit earlier today to find some of the awful the worst cryptic hints as well but the distributions have some interesting notes. So firstly, the always hints, and if they're relevant, the hints about trials depend on your settings and have no weighting in terms of how many are placed, It or sorry, how likely they are to appear. There's a set number every time. So your always hints, as it currently stands in dev at least, will include, you know, you will always get your... 30, 40, 50 skulls if they're enabled. You will always get Mask of Truth if it's enabled. Um, you will always get the Ocarina of Time song if you're on Medallion Bridge, and you'll always get your Burning Kakariko song if you're on Stonebridge, um, and so on. The Trials hints are basically, if you have it set to random and it's six, it will tell you... The barrier is up at Ganon's castle. If it's set to zero, it will tell you the barrier is dispelled at Ganon's castle. If it's set to any number in between, I think if it's three or less, it tells you this barrier is active. And if it's four or more, it tells you, oh, Sheik has already dispelled this barrier. And there will be a set number of hints to tell you exactly which trials you have to do. Outside of that, Tournament has... Five always, uh, sorry, five way of the hero, three foolish, seven always, and then five uh, sometimes hints. You'll get two copies of each. There is absolutely no variance in that. Yeah, because there's 20 hints, uh, not 20, there's 40 hint stones out through all of Hyrule. So you get two of each. And it's kind of designed to just be consistent. It's to create that racing environment that feels fair and balanced for each runner so that it's not just, oh, I found this one obscure hint in the middle of nowhere. There's no second copy anywhere. I win on that information. Cool. Or if there's only one way of hero possible in a whole seed and it's in some godforsaken location and you're the one person to go there and it's 
it could be pretty crushing. Mm-hmm. Moving up from there, we have... So there's not that much different between balanced, strong, very strong, to be honest. It's mostly the weighting. The biggest difference going through is that balanced, every single hint, you will get one copy of. So with strong and very strong, your always and your way of the hero hints will be duplicated. You'll always get two copies of each. But in balanced, you don't. In balanced, you only get one of each. Which isn't balanced at all. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> They're mostly leaning towards the like random things or like the random hint type or the item hint types, which are things like this item can be found in this location. And it's always like a major item, uh, you know. When I say a major item, I mean a unique item. Like Big Goron Sword can be found in Gerudo Training Grounds. It's mostly stuff like that, but it's kind of a bit of everything imbalanced. Including junk. Strong and very strong have zero junk whatsoever. Strong is mostly way of the heroes and barons, which I think is actually really good. It's really very strong. strong. Yeah, very strong has no random hints and a much higher weighting, weirdly, on entrances. Your dungeon entrances. If you're playing dungeon entrance shuffled, very strong has a much higher chance of showing those hints compared to the others. Which kind of confuses me. Because Way of the Hero and Baron, most people talk about being the strongest hints. So it kind of feels like strong is stronger than very strong. Almost, but if you're playing on Entrance Randomizer and you're picking strong hint settings, or distributions rather, uh, I don't know if that's stronger than knowing which entrance is which. I mean, just on... go in them. <laughs> it's that simple. You'll know. <laughs> yeah, but if you get, you know, the the water temple entrance and it's Deku Tree or something, or the shadow entrance is Ice Cavern and we know it's Baron or something, off, or Foolish off the, the hints already laid out for you, it can, it can be a little bit of a time save there. And depending on which dungeon it is and what it kind of lines up with, it, it can be a little bit stronger than Wade Hero and Baron sometimes. I can see it comparing to Way of a Hero. I don't think it compares so well to Baron, because the Baron ones tell you the places you can skip. And that's generally more important than knowing where to go next. Because that way, even if you full clear your seed, but you've got more Baron hints, it gives you that information. So, sure, you might not know that Water Temple leads you to Forest, but you'll get the items to check it sooner. Yeah, that's true. The only thing I would say is the more things that you randomize in a, in a seed on, on the settings that you're playing on, strong might be just the best option for you, depending on what your time constraints are. If you if you only have, you know, six hours to complete a seed, you, you want to pick strong for sure. And very strong might be more for entrance randomizers specifically. Hmm. It's, and obviously, yeah, in t- if there's, um, if entrance, dungeon entrances aren't shuffled, then I think very strong is just better at that point, because you still get, like, the similar sort of weighting in terms of way of the hero and baron, but you don't get those random hints of just, this can be found in this place, but it's like a red rupee can be found in a fire temple or whatever. Yeah. Um, we'll touch a little bit on how the hints have changed over time. The major thing being that in 4.0, every single grotto had the same hint. 
So there weren't 40 hints. There were, what, 32? Yeah, that sounds uh, right. That sounds right, yes. Mm. Um, so Skull Mask at the time was a sometimes hint, not an always hint. And then you basically got one less of each. You got four way of a hero, two foolish, your six remaining always hints, and then four sometimes hints. The other interesting thing here is that some sometimes hints were added. So, for example, King Zora, up until 5.0, was not even a sometimes hint. You never got a hint for King Zora. Um, chickens. Never got a hint for chickens. Do now. There are some of those that I'm not entirely sure on. Uh, adult shooting. I don't know why adult shooting deserves a hint, really. It's easy to strand if you don't think about it, but like, and I've been there before. I've had those scenes where I'm just like, I'm, I got my bow really late. I forgot to go back and do this, but I feel like that's the exception, not the rule. Yeah, it's like, if you look at the, all the others, sometimes they're usually kind of long that takes a lot of your time to go check and can be out of the way kind of thing. So, yeah, there was a discussion with some people recently about wanting to change sometimes hints, and we were talking about ways of quantifying it, which was that there has to be some kind of structure to it. So always hints are the ones that are very... Like, either they're the slowest of the slow checks, or they require potentially require a lot logically. So, for example, Big Goron... If you have to do, even from prescription up, if you have to do that, that requires a lot of things in terms of the logic. You have to be able to unthaw King Zora. Um, you have to be able to uh, get whatever item you need for, to start your trade sequence. It's really slow. And then you also have to be able to get through to DMC, which by that point you probably can, but you have to be able to get up to the summit as adult. Yeah, there's so many different ways. And mm. so. and that's why I think Skull Mask is a controversial one. People weren't too sure on Skull Mask becoming an always. See, I, I personally like it because if you're even missing Prelude or Nocturne, it's 20 times worse, which is way too high variance, I think. So I th having it as an always hint is really nice, personally. I think it was more of along the lines of a specific play pattern might get lost to, to time, really. If you have to always do Skull Kid, or almost always, or it's really efficient to do it, you know, making that kind of change kind of inhibits the plays that, oh, I'm going to do it just in case, or I'm going to actively skip it as a decision. That decision is kind of taken away from you if it's an always hint in, in some people's minds. So I can kind of understand the frustrations with it. It's it's almost the same along the same lines of, of chickens, but if, if it was an always hint, that, that has a major impact in, in my mind. And I do think part of it as well was the balancing act between the two of those was quite good, where when you were doing your skull mask without a hint for it, you tended to do chickens at the same time. So it kind of became an all or nothing. Like, am I going to play safe or am I going to play risky? If you're playing risky, you go out and you do a few slow checks together that yeah, are available always, quite early. 
could always pair it with skulls too if it was night and just hand in letter that way and maybe come back for skull or skull mask at a, at a later point in the seed potentially so you can kind of break it up a little bit too so it's not even that you have to hard commit to it depending on your time of day you might not even be able to and depending on what songs you have that can really inform that as well it's funny i'm actually completely undecided on skull mask when it was when the conversation first came up i was like it should stay as a sometimes hint it works perfectly here this is absolutely right and now i've played it a bit and i'm like god i can't imagine having to like root this in at all i would just skip it almost every time and i think that's half a concern is that people will just skip it every single time if it's yeah, yeah i don't I miss that's... it at all i personally don't i like it as an always hint because it's like you said it's something that if it was just a sometimes hit people even if they didn't get the hint just never touch it because it's kind of a bad check <laughs> i but... yeah i think it's one of those things where as a sometimes hint you would just never do it unless you got a hint telling you you had to but as an always hint you just never do it until you get a hint telling you you have to so i don't think it really changes much in that regard other than if it's a sometimes you can take a bit more of a risk with it but then if it's an always it doesn't feel like it makes or breaks a seed so much like there are some races that are entirely decided on things like that i think i think it was a main contributor actually to lowering the overall time of seeds depending on the hint settings and just the overall settings in general that all of these kind of things made it up to where you have an average four hour seed okay now you have an average three hour seed okay now you have an average two and a half hour seed so like i i think the hint changes definitely did that on the whole yeah. and i i that is something that a lot of people want to change myself included i do not like the current hint distribution so what what do you think should actually change there and kind of talking about the future hint changes to mm -hmm. the hint history so i think way of the hero and foolish hints right now are too strong I think in a bad seed, nine times out of ten, you can cover most of your ground by just picking up all of your hints. And it, it shows that a lot of the races we've spoken about on previous episodes, we talk about how good or bad they were on what hints we were given. You know, Namaha versus Roska Tyrant, the hints were terrible because they led to two wallets for Zora Tunic logic. That's nothing to do with the seed itself. That's to do with what the game told you you had to do but it told you you had to do less than another seed. So I personally think one less way of the hero, one less foolish, and just two more sometimes hints as like an initial like change. This is where I completely differ because I almost never get all my hints and I always get end up just having three or four way of the heroes, two, one foolish all the time. And I'm, I think it's perfectly fine. I really enjoy sometimes scanning that extra hint that can direct you in a way where you wouldn't think otherwise. But I, I guess that's the downside of, okay, it takes out a bit of the routing. I, I will say one thing, and this is very kind of self-depreciative here. I think prioritizing hints as highly as I do is a mistake. I think it is just straight up a mistake at this point. You are never going to win a race on it, and you might lose a race on it. Because I think most of the top runners at this point take the risk of skipping their hints. They push density. They push these things. They only pick things up if they're nearby. So you're never going to get a huge boost by picking up all of these hints. Because the other runners will just be going off to do the check that you've just been told you should do with a hint. 
you've spent the extra five minutes getting one check near a hint, they're off doing that area. The flip side to that is that the hints feel like they're cruise control. I don't think you can ever do badly in a race with the hints. And that's the problem. I, I think it's better if you're in a racing environment where your decisions have more impact. And I think the hints take away from that. The hints are a fail-safe. Well, there there are good and bad hints, though, right? Absolutely. There are some hints that are terrible. But I, I think it's worth noting that we talk about races quite a lot now as a bad seed is one where, oh, you had to go to this location and you didn't even get a hint for it. And it's interesting that that dynamic has changed. It used to be, you know, it used to be that Deep Fire was a bad location. Now it's Deep Fire is a bad location if you don't get a hint. And if you get a hint, it's fine. And like, if you get a Gerudo Fortress's Baron hint, that isn't seen... That's that's a big advantage. That is a skipping a whole lot of slow checks over in Gerudo Fortress. And it's so influential in a race. There are so many races that are decided by just this one hint in the wrong place or the right place, pulling everything in. I feel like the decision-making matters a lot less than the sequencing at this point, if that makes sense. I'm kind of on... I can I can see both sides of the issue there. I think your sequencing definitely matters um, quite a bit in how the seed plays out. So I think it depends on which hints are where a lot of the time and you can kind of lose seeds depending on that I, I mean i had a race recently where i didn't go child domain at all and my last way of the hero was water temple and it was at child domain the other one was song of storms lock somewhere and the letter was in domain the boomerang was in child lake which i also didn't go to and my opponent finished 40 minutes ahead of me because <laughs> i didn't know water had an item and the boss key for water was in the very first chest, in the map chest. So, of course, I'm not going to check it. Why would I? Yeah, it's... I think the big thing... And, obviously, I'm saying this as a, as somebody who does prioritize the hints a lot. I feel like most of my performances now are solidly average. And it's because I prioritize hints a lot. I'm never going to win a race. But I'm never going to do badly because the game basically tells me what to do. I think... More than anything, there needs to be some kind of method to test hints. If there was a way to completely customize hints, like you could get your tournament settings, but go, okay, today I'm going to try having three Way of the Heroes, uh, two Foolish, and a whole bunch of sometimes hints, and no always. Like, it would be a disaster. But I think that would be interesting to kind of figure out what works and what doesn't and really narrow things down on a tournament system that would work for everyone so kind of just touching back on the opening route kind of uh information here with the with the hints how does that change your your openers with the hints and kind of where they are yeah i tend to do like london ranch to gerudo valley because i like the hints like you might have guessed from what I was just saying, I think I should probably stop doing that soon because the I, I prioritize hints a little more than I, maybe I should. Mm -hmm. But I definitely think that's one of the big things at the moment in terms of the popularity of early adult. I think a lot of people right now seem to be doing early adult a lot more than I personally would. 
And I think a big part of that is that your three song tends to give you a lot of the same hints as early adult, but you're slower getting to them. You know, if you're going to Sacred Forest Meadow as adult, you want to be doing that as adult before you are there as child. I think that contributes a lot to the popularity of the opening is that you're consistent with hints without really going out of your way for any. Yeah, and if you get like uh, early explosives, you can check a lot of hints, uh, especially as early adults. So if you get like a bomb bag or choose and Mido's or Deku Tree or pretty much any point in like the first 10 minutes. Even it's... then, but wouldn't that try to lead you towards going through Hyrule Field as child as well? Because if you do that from that side, you also get a lot of good hit, like some hints that, oh, like if somebody doesn't do this, I might get a really nice hint, which happened to me in the, one of the weekly races where I got Goron City Baron really early because I made that play. Early scale yeah. is great for that because you get Zora's Domain out the way and then you can go into Zora River and that gets you a whole bunch of checks, but also four hints. But depending on what other items you get too, if you get like a strength, you might want to go to Dongo's Cavern and you get one hint there and you can go to Goron City and get two more. So, and Crater even, you can get two there. So really you can go both ways, but it depends on the overall item set, right? Yeah, there's also at a certain point where, okay, I got already first three hints, three different way of the heroes, especially like the ones from Temple of Time. If you get like three way of the heroes or two barons, like, okay, I have a lot of good hint coverage. I can start skipping a few of them already. Like the one, uh, the back, the, especially the ones in the relate. I mean, most of them skip it. Some people just started skipping the hint in the back of Deku Tree because even just getting that one is like 30 seconds. I do think it's really interesting that when the hints were first changed, so the grottos had unique hints and everyone was just like, oh wow, they're going to be so powerful. And all these openings came out that, you know, prioritized this hint and that hint and found all these different things. And then as it's gone on, we've ended up with like, you know, open grotto to owl and all of these, this rush towards early adult that have kind of pulled it away from the hints again and more towards the check density. I feel like moving forwards, if the hints changed, people would then start, if, if the hints became stronger, people would then start picking up these hints again. And then over time, it would slowly fade out again. Yeah, so you have the meta of early river, you have the meta of, you know, that, that kind of stuff. I think it's interesting because I think with all the talk about opening routes, a lot of them started off based around hint information. I think that's one of the big things for Gerudo Valley is hint information. But they're not the winning routes at this point. They are not a way to win a race. They are a way to not lose. Yeah, as you said before, it's basically... You go, you take like a minute or two to get extra hints, and the two minute it takes the person that is not getting them is going to the area you're getting hinted to go to. So, I do think it matters more in a 1v1. I think in a 1v1, the information difference can make a big difference there. But in a weekly, you've got so many people that you're up against that for every hint you pick up, a couple of people are going to skip that. And then one of those people, it only takes one person to skip the hints and still make the right choices. And that's it. You've, you've lost to somebody who you might have executed better than, but you spent the time going out of your way to go to Lake Hylia. And as hints change here, as more and more things get discovered about Ocarina of Time randomizer and how the community kind of reacts to it and how things kind of shake up and 
and change in the future. I think it it'll really uh, it'll be interesting, especially when it comes to hints. Uh, it really kind of inform you on your your openers here. There's lots of different settings that you can pick, different distributions that have very slight variances in in how you play the seed. But overall, they they definitely do help instruct you to do this and not to do maybe something else. So as far as we're considered, that'll about do it for this week. If you have any feedback for us, uh, we, all, we are all ears for that. Um, if you do, please reach out to us in the Gossip Stone podcast channel on the Ocarina of Time Randomizer Discord. We are here for the community and we want to hear your opinions. So uh, please share. And with that, I think that wraps it up. So thank you for the uh, for both of you again for doing this with me. And uh, yeah, I'm Riley. I'm Yoshi. And I'm Emo Soda. And we'll see you next week on the Gossip Stone Podcast. <laughs>